This is my Elgin, Hometown Songs and Stories. I'm Sherry Blazier, and I suppose for this inaugural episode, I should introduce myself a little. I am a lifelong Elginite, uh, born at the old St. Joseph Hospital when it was on Jefferson Street. I graduated Larkin High, and so far I have always been a, uh, except for those first few days in the maternity ward, I've always been a resident of the west side of the Mighty Fox. I'm also a local history buff. My ancestry in this area goes back on my father's side to the 1840s in Hampshire, Illinois, uh, gradually moving into Elgin. My grandpa Webster Blazier worked at the Butter Tub Company way back in the day and was a member of the renowned Elgin's own Company E of the National Guard that fought in the trenches of France during World War I. And uh, for many years, he was known for his delicious chili recipe, which was served at uh, the downtown VFW hall for 50 cents a bowl. Regrettably, no one has his recipe. And over on my mother's side, my maternal grandparents came here early in the 1900s from Sweden and Norway. Uh, my grandma, Knutsen the Swede, before marrying grandpa, worked as a cook in the homes of some of Elgin's most affluent families, including the Eppensteins of the Illinois Watch Case, nothing but the Elgin Watch Case Company. And my grandpa Knutsen, the Norwegian, worked at many different grocery stores downtown until the dawning of the age of the supermarket when he became the dairy manager of the Gromers on Liberty Street. And his father, my great grandfather Knutsen, worked in the watch factory for many years. So I don't think a person can come from a heritage much more classic Elgin y than all of that. I'll be telling some of my family stories on these podcasts, and um, I just heard a collective shudder from people in my family, but not those stories, but sharing a lot of old anecdotes and personal memories and Elgin nostalgia. In fact, a few years ago, I started a Facebook group called Elgin Nostalgia and History, so if you aren't already a member, you might want to look us up on Facebook. It's a private group, but as long as I see that you have legit Elgin ties, you're bound to be accepted very quickly. So check that out, uh, Elgin Nostalgia and History on Facebook. This podcast comes to you from One Source Productions, the big cheese of which first asked me if I would consider doing this probably at least a year ago. And I hemmed and I hawed for a long time, until um, he and Jeff Myers and Bruce Shipier came to shoot a segment for Elgin Today at the place where I work, which is Elgin Public Museum in Lords Park. And that was back in February. And I apparently got confused by something that was said, probably because Mr. Myers was distracting me with some nerdy dancing, and I accidentally committed to doing this, so here I am. Well, I would prefer not to listen to just my own voice for 20 minutes or however long this episode runs, but due to COVID-19, we are starting with just me recording in isolation, as it were, the first few podcasts alone. And the hope here is that you might be so friggin' bored by now you might welcome something a little different and truly Elgin local to listen to. But once the pandemic passes, um, 
I would like to feature some interviews and segments with folks around town. I have a list in my head already of people who might have some great stories and memories to uh, share with us. But if you know someone like that, or if you are someone like that, uh, get in touch. I can be reached at Eslyn Blazier, that's S-L-Y-N-N-B-L-A-Z-I-E-R, at gmail.com. Okay, so I debated myself what topic and story and song I would feature in this first episode. I also write and perform songs about ye old days in Elgin, and almost always there's some story that complements a song, or inspired it, or further illustrates it. So I decided to start with Dad's Treasure Hunt 1. And yes, that means there is a Dad's Treasure Hunt 2 for, I hope, another time. Now, for those unaware, there's a movement underway of late to remove the dams along the Fox River. Elgin's, of course, is at Kimball Street. And for me, and I'm sure many of us, it's hard to imagine Elgin without the Kimball Street Dam. It's always been there. It dates back to the very earliest days of our settling, which was 1837, uh, when it was constructed to power machinery in mills and factories that were being built along the riverbanks. And then it was revamped and improved upon in the uh, 1880s. Well, at present, Elgin's not considering removing removing the dam, but it will probably come to that within some years. Um, Plans are underway to remove the dam at Carpentersville in 2022, and some of the dams south of Elgin are also slated for removal. And the reasons are all very good. First, they're obsolete. Nobody uses that kind of power in any factories along the river nowadays. There really aren't any. And second is the safety issue. Some of you may remember, as I do, a terrible day when we lost two firefighters in the mid-70s trying to do a rescue. Um, Other people have have drowned there. And um, third, the dams reduce the recreational potential of a long stretch of the fox when it comes to boating and kayaking. And fourth, and most importantly, the dams interfere with aquatic and shoreline habitats. Uh, Fish that would otherwise swim upstream cannot. And even when you have just one species' behavior altered, it becomes the chain reaction. And so removing the dams would allow the fox and its banks to return to being as natural as they can be after almost two centuries of human alteration. So the reasons to consider removing the Kimball Street Dam are all very solid, and yet it it somehow just wouldn't feel right, would it? I think that for many of us who um, are lifelong Elgenites, we've seen so many defining places and things about our town disappear that we hate to see another iconic structure go. Anyway, that's just a little news of what's going on with the Kimball Street Dam to lead into my story of my dad at the Kimball Street Dam many years ago. Now, my dad, George Blazier, was sometimes a bit of a dreamer. He was a very straightforward, funny, bright, wise, and hardworking man. But he hoped that maybe someday some good luck might come his way. (laughs) He was a child of the Depression and spent a lot of his youth working to take care of his family, who were hard hit. He never got to finish Elgin High. And then he was drafted into World War II, where he served in Burma with the uh, famous Merrill's Marauders. 
and he was shot and badly wounded, but he did make it home to Elgin, obviously, literally circumnavigated the globe, married my mother, and at the time of this story, the early 1950s, before I was born, they and my toddler brother were living in the uh, downstairs apartment of a little house at 165 North Spring Street, which still stands. It's across the street behind the parking lot of the current Elgin Police Headquarters. Dad was working at Cudahy's then, which um, sold and distributed food products, um, and canned hams and, and uh, packaged meats and kind of a strange combination. Dutch girl scouring powder, same thing as like, Comet or Ajax or the pour in your sink and scrub. So um, the Cudahy office was just a couple of blocks away, which where Cudahy's was is now um, the Edshock Center, the pool, the walking track and gym, etc., which was a great location for Dad because he could walk to work at at Cudahy's in a couple minutes and ditto back home. And sometimes he'd go home in the evening just to have a quick supper, which my mother unfailingly had on the table the minute he walked in the door. He'd get his fishing gear and he'd walk right back the other way again to see if anything was biting down by the Kimball Street Dam. Well, one day Dad was uh, looking through Summer Another magazine and in the back pages he saw an ad for a super magnet it was a very strong magnet to tie onto your fishing line, cast it out into the water, and it would, of course, catch anything magnetic that it passed near. And this intrigued him because not only did it appeal to his dream of finding a treasure someday, but his own father had once been to a local fair or circus where a gypsy or palm reader or something told him that his fortune was waiting for him down by the Kimball Street Dam. Now, my mother was the left brain of the marital operation. Mom was the sole and most holy keeper of the checkbook. So, and again, I wasn't born yet at this time, but I, I would hear it plenty growing up. Dad would go to her and he'd say, Hon, can I have a... And Mom would sigh a little and say, How much? And it was never much because my dad was really cheap. He, he just wanted an occasional new toy to play with. And so mom would write the check and then dad would have to wait six to eight weeks for delivery because six weeks was the equivalent of Amazon Prime back then. So finally his super magnet arrived and I'm quite sure that he was like a kid on Christmas morning. I can just picture him. So he rigged this crazy thing to his fishing pole and he headed down to the Kimball Street Dam. He was ready to find that foretold fortune. So he stood there with the water over the dam, roiling away, and he cast his line out into the water. Whoosh! Blink. Wind, 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 wind. Nothing. He cast again. Whoosh! Blunk. Wind, 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 wind. Nothing. I imagine that by about that point he was thinking, I, I better come home with some piece of crap or Marilyn's going to laugh her head off at me. So third time's a charm, right? He cast again. Whoosh. Blunk. Wind, wind, wind. Clonk. 
he had something and it, it had to be something really heavy. It, it took a lot of effort to slowly wind it into the shore and he couldn't believe his eyes. It was a machine gun. <laughs> Remember, this is the 1950s, but it looked to him like just the kind he'd seen in old mobster movies, the you dirty rat, Jimmy Cagney kind of movies. And he was absolutely thrilled. Uh, a machine gun. He could hardly wait to take it home and show mom. Except my dad was a man of conscience and he remembered stories he had heard in his childhood days. There were stories that Al Capone occasionally came out to sh- to, from Chicago to Elgin, um, including that he supposedly hung out at a place called the Elge Inn, E-L-G-I-N-N, which was uh, a restaurant and bar better known to most Elginites who've been around for a long time as the Blue Moon. It became the Blue Moon. And then it eventually was torn down and became the site of uh, Sherman Westcourt Care Facility, which is now called Avantara. Um, we're talking about Larkin Avenue, a little west of the Jewel, Os- the Jewel Osco store, or if you prefer, the Jewels. So what if my dad worried, what if uh, Capone himself or one of his henchmen had thrown this machine gun into the Fox as they crossed the Kimball Street Bridge late one night heading back to Chicago when nobody saw? What if it was a weapon that the coppers had been searching for for decades used in some spectacular mob crime? So yeah, he thought he should report finding it to police headquarters, and uh, which was just down a couple blocks at that time from where he and Mom lived on Spring Street. So after dashing home and proudly showing her what he reeled in with his super magnet, he took it on down to the station. Now, those were far more innocent days. I, if, to, today, if you walked into the Elgin Police Department headquarters toting a machine gun, can you imagine the reaction? But the officer attending a, a desk just inside the door just kind of gave Dad a weird stare as he explained that he had just fished this item out of the Fox River at the Kimball Street Dam. And then the cops started laughing. I mean, really laughing. And he, he said, I, excuse me a second, stay right there. And he left and he returned with several more officers who took one look and they also just started laughing. And finally, they were able to explain to him. A few weeks earlier, late at night under cover of darkness, the Elgin police had taken a bunch of old weapons from their evidence and confiscated items room and dumped them into the Fox at Kimball Street. They were sure that the that the uh, they would flow over the dam and just be carried downstream and become embedded and lodged in the muddy bottom and they'd never be seen or harm anyone again. Well, Dad was so disappointed because not only wasn't there any Al Capone backstory, but the cops took the machine gun back. They said they'd get rid of it some other way. So much for his treasure at the Kimball Street Dam. And this little bit of news uh, made the Courier, the Elgin Courier News. And I have the article somewhere, but I couldn't find it in time for this. The headline was something like, Elgin Fisherman Makes Unusual Catch, something like that. And to make the ending of of the story for Dad even worse, Someone around Elgin read that article and thought it was amusing enough to send it to a national radio network that paid $5 for 
oddball news stories from around the country. So, and it was accepted. So the story of the Elgin, Illinois man who caught a machine gun in the Fox River, only to be told the cops themselves had dumped it there weeks earlier, was heard on radio stations all across America. And a total stranger got five bucks out of Dad's story, and he never got a penny, and he didn't even get to keep the machine gun, and that would tick him off for the rest of his days. But if, you, if I could talk to him now, I would tell him that uh, there's something nowadays called podcasts, and the story of his super magnet catch has just been told and heard once again, and that it is not, and that certainly he is not forgotten. And that's the story of Dad's treasure hunt one. Well, Dad died in 1998, and unfortunately it wasn't until some years after that that uh, a family photo resurfaced that I sure would have loved to have shown him. Uh, I know it would have been one of his favorites. It pictured him and Mom and a couple of cousins from behind fishing at the Kimball Street Dam a few years earlier than the Magnet story took place. And it's just one of my absolute favorite photographs, not just because of my parents being in it, but because that spot in 1948 looked the same once I came along and well into my adult years. On the other side of the dam is Woodruff and Edwards, the foundry that stunk up the town for many decades. And then one day a few springs ago, I was walking downtown, crossing the Kimball Street Bridge as I'd done thousands of times in my life, and I stopped to really look at how changed it suddenly was, it seemed. Um, in the 1960s, when I was a kid, the fox had become so polluted that uh, very few people would even dare eat the fish that they caught from the water. And it's so much better now. But I laughed at myself for standing there missing the good old days, just because really I was missing my father and missing the way that things looked in my childhood. And it inspired this song, Fox River Reverie, which with, we will, with which we will close out this first podcast episode of This Is My Elgin. If you enjoyed this program, please give us a like and send your comments to slblazier, S-L-Y-N-N-B-L-A-Z-I-E-R at gmail.com. Thanks to One Source Productions for making it happen, and thank you for listening. As some sage long, long dead Thought-provokingly said You can never put your hand In the same river twice Truer than he knew For this river of my youth Seems another and is brought back to life Water that once ran so brown and so dull Now even sparkles and is circled By eagles and gulls Only a fool would say It's not better this way And yet here I stand Sentimental for the past Wishing to see my dad Fishing at the dam There, fouling water and air, 
in men's jobs so no one complained and we took childhood pride in playing outside and coming home covered with mud and grass stains now you can bike or walk over commemorative bricks instead of twisting your ankles on wet stones and sticks but from our blue collar peak to this millennial chic something's lost and I can't help but feel sad like where's my dad fishing at the dam Neither to hang on too hard, nor to callously discard. There's the balance old and young need to strike. So it's just my fantasy for comforting fun to imagine those two river scenes merged into one. Shirts of flannel 